mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Wow! Welcome to the Abroad Japan Podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how the devil are you doing? I'm having a lovely time. Uh, Yeah, all good, man. Just uh, same old, same old. Still rattling towards uh, a holiday, getting stuff sorted, getting stuff finished. And that's the thing about getting away before you go. You're really, really busy. When you get back, you're really, really busy. Uh, And you get about three days in the middle where you sort of go, well, this was worth it. This was (laughs) worth it. But above all, I hope everyone's happy. I hope everyone is uh, content. And and for those of them who who, uh, aren't either of those things, I hope that they're safe. And that's the the main thing I think in this crazy world what a lovely man mm-hmm. you know I haven't had a I haven't had what I would class as a holiday in f- uh, when was 2019 mm. whatever 2019 was yeah <laughs> three years ago ne- yeah but it, when you've got I, a job like yours uh, Chris you never work a day in your life as they say when you find something <laughs> that you love you never work a day in your life if only it was so <laughs> if only it was so it's true like you know I, I enjoy what I do and that makes it makes it a lot easier and the same for you, right? You do 458 podcasts every week, <laughs> every day, uh, but you enjoy it. And I I enjoy what I do. But at the mm. same time, like I, I, I do need to just switch off. I have found recently having a bath is a, a wonderful thing. Mm. I'll, that's my moment of solace where I can <laughs> cut off from the world, cut off from the internet. I sit in the bath, yeah. sometimes two to three hours. When I come out, I'm like a shriveled old man. I look like 50 <laughs> years old. It's not good, but it's just nice. Like yeah. I think also because it's winter, right? It's bloody freezing up here. We've got lots of snow. It's nice to retreat to the bath and just mm. sit there and, and just... Be like a snow monkey. What's your <laughs> in a hot spring with a little snow icicles forming on your chin? Is there like what is your kind of normal dress when it comes to? Because I've seen you in like big uh, sort of overcoats when you were up in uh, we were up in um, where were we Sapporo for the snow festival. Right. What's your usual kind of like? How do you prepare for going outside in Sendai? It's very snowy. It's very slushy. Have you got a good pair of boots? Do you wear thermals? Um, how does that all work? And when is it going to start to get warmer for you? I thought, I thought you were going to ask, what do you wear in the bath? What do you wear in the bath, Chris? <laughs> I, what do you wear in, the bath? I wear in the bath? Well, <laughs> nothing. I, uh, I, I've been wearing a lot of heat tech. Do you know what heat tech is? It's all the it's rage that, in Japan. Uh, you get it in Uniqlo, don't you? It's kind of like a That's a nice, right, it's, warm, it's a Uniqlo thing. Huggy It's like stuff. bulletproof cotton cotton clothes. You get like mm. little trousers and you get the, the top. It's nice. And that sort of, you put that under whatever you're wearing and mm. you can sort of get through anything. When I was in Nisiko Ski Resort with... Trash taste guys. I wore that, and then I wore a jumper over it and a ski jacket. It's pretty brutal here. I mm. do just wear like a 
heat tech top with a jumper mm. and a coat and a scarf and I'm good to go that's it do you find and, yourself uh, when you, you go know. down into the underground if you go on the underground do you find yourself just overheating mm. that's the problem with dressing for winter and then having to go somewhere warm in a shop or on a train or whatever it's just a bit of a pain because you just, you just overheat a little bit <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think I mean it's, it's not that bad yeah, it's okay. really first world problems I get on the underground with my well, look this is all about te- look my, 20 things you my, must know when you go to Japan latte. when it's cold this is look I, I, I got through that Sapporo Snow Festival uh, by going at 7-Elevens and buying those little heat packs that you uh, that you open up and give a shake and, and they get warm in your hands because the chemicals react with each uh, other when I get on the the underground adorned with my hot clothing, I I'm holding my Starbucks cold brew yeah, coffee. Exactly. And the cold brew well, coffee got, exactly. Me down. Well, you've got well, you've always like you've always got coffee in your hand, so you know. <laughs> Pete Donaldson's first world problems. No, it is bad though. Like it does, you know, I know what you mean. I I don't ride the subway. I take helicopter or taxi. <laughs> to be fair, I do use taxis a lot more. Because of COVID, it's like, I can justify using a taxi now. Because <laughs> I just want to keep away from people. Uh, so, don't even go on the underground now. Okay. I enjoy my cold brew coffee from the back of a fantabulous taxi. <laughs> what a monster I am. We've got one here from Chris. A story of the week from Chris. Great name, Chris. Well done. Uh, it begins, hi Chris and Pete. Long time listener, first time emailer. I thought I would tell you about my dramatic first day experience in Tokyo. I was there for a week but I'd been fairly ill in the lead up to the trip and I checked into my flight at Heathrow. When I got to the boarding gate I was held to one side by the person at the gate. I was told the flight had been overbooked and I wasn't allowed on. This plus my relatively ill state almost tipped me over the edge. 45 minutes later though I was on a direct flight uh, that got me into Tokyo earlier than my original flight and with £400 compensation. That's incredible. Pretty much the full airfare that I'd paid and £40 worth of meal vouchers. Uh, I was on my way and buzzing to hit the lights of Tokyo. I landed in Tokyo and headed straight to Book and Bed while I was staying in Shinjuku. That's interesting. Book and Bed's a, um, a capsule hotel. It's quite famous. I've always right. wanted to go to. It's uh, It looks like a library and then in between the books they've got capsules where you can ah, sleep and whatnot. Really see, cool looking right. place. Cool. Book and Bed. <laughs> cool place. Very quirky. Very clever. Most capsule hotels are very austere looking places and Book and Bed's got the right idea. I dropped off my bags with two things on my mind. Takoyaki. Mm fried octopus balls and virtual virtual reality <laughs> I ate the most unimaginable amount of takoyaki and headed across to the Shinjuku VR centre choosing Mario Kart as my experience of choice strapped into a cart with a headset on I was ready to go I was about 20 years older than the local teens racing their way around the virtual raceway but who cares I was in Tokyo living my best life as a solo traveller mid race <laughs> though I started to feel the illness and long flight kick in motion sickness became a big factor and I instantly regretted eating half my body weight in fried octopus balls. I suddenly <laughs> felt all the life drain out of me. And that is all I remember. I was awoken, slumped halfway out of the Mario Kart experience with the attendant fanning me and flicking my face with water. I'd also gathered a small crowd of around 25 people who were understandably enjoying my discomfort. <laughs> the takoyaki had made a reappearance. I was swiftly ushered around oh, no. uh, by an angry-looking manager and sheepishly, sheepishly headed to sleep it off. I can safely say it's not the greatest start to my Tokyo adventure, but nonetheless, a memorable one. Finally, uh, I had a career change at the age of 37, and I'm retraining to become a zookeeper, like Pete Donaldson was. Have a great <laughs> one, guys. Chris. <laughs> Poor old Chris. Uh, a story old that Chris. started well 
with a nice moment and quickly spiraled out of control. That's I love it. I tell you, you might think it's 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 bad when like a an airline screws you over like that, but I've got on a premium economy flight for like a for free because. Mm. It was overbooked once when I flew to Japan, and they were like, "We've put you in premium economy." And I got to put my feet up, and I slept for the first time on a plane ever. But you never sort of. It's never kind of. It's never useful to you because I've had that before, where it's like, uh, they've offered you money to you know a considerable amount of money to 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 get off the flight or whatever. But it's never for me. um, For me, my 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 holidays. I go straight from work to holiday. There's never any buffer. Mm. There's never any fudge time. There's never any wiggle room. I always have to sort of go from (laughs) one thing to the next. So it's kind of like I like I'd I'd always from Japan. I'd always be landing at Heathrow at six o'clock, seven o'clock in the morning, and I'd go straight Mm. into doing. Well, a podcast, or you know, doing doing this and that. So um, I never have, I've, I never give myself any kind of decompression time. Uh, to I just sort of hit hit the ground running. So I, it's it's never good for me. It's never useful. I ne- I'll never accept these these challenges. I'll never accept this money to 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 delay my flight at all. <laughs> What would you have done in that situation then? What would you have done in Chris's shoes? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I was, so, so what? Was, so the situation was that he, he, uh, he overbooked. wasn't. Well, I guess didn't they, they were equipped. So they they yeah. put him on an earlier flight. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd demand a, a business class uh, seat. I think. Yeah, definitely. Wow. that would that would be pretty good actually. No, would be. Pretty I've good. never got that happen. <laughs> but uh, yeah. It's yeah. a shame it didn't end well, but uh, sorry to hear that, Chris. Mm. I, uh, <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, God, the idea of just—I I mean, I said earlier that I wanted to go to this book and bed capsule hotel, but I couldn't imagine a worse place to be if you're sick yeah. going to a capsule hotel because it's going to be—you're going to be in like a little tiny, what can only be described as a coffin, essentially. Mm. If you need to be sick in a hurry, you have to like run across <laughs> the whole room with all these people everywhere to try and find the toilet. Yeah. In Book and Bed's case, you've got books fucking flying off shelves. And we've got, you know, it's it's not ideal. I uh, I, I can't say I want to stay in a, in a capsule hotel again <laughs> for that reason. <laughs> yeah. um, dear, oh dear. All right, Pete, what have we got? Story of the week. News of the week, rather. News of the week. You're the news man. Yeah, hey, I'm the news man. You're the story man. Great Deal news. with it, yeah. Um, Chris, when I was a kid <laughs> uh, in Hartlepool, um, Hartlepool is not known. It's, it's known. It's quite a historical <laughs> town. We, you know, we've talked about before the the monkey hanging, uh, the, the the Hartlepool monkey that we hung in during the French Revolution, etc. Uh, French uh, great people. Um, uh, and uh, they, yeah. It's interesting. It, when I was a kid uh, in the Grey Art Gallery, I think it was the Art Gallery. Either way, it was a, it was a it was a museum in Hartlepool. Um, the thing that fascinated me the most about mm. uh, this the, the 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 amount of stuff that was in this um, this museum, Hartlepool Museum, uh, was they, they they had like a mermaid, like the skeleton of a mermaid. When I was a kid. Um, what? And obviously, mermaids don't exist. Sorry to burst anyone's little little bubble. What? But in Hartlepool, uh, there was this mummy that someone had created back in like Victorian times to enchant mm. and amaze um, the 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 Hartlepudlians of of, of, of the town. Uh, oh, God. And and it, it's the thing that sort of sticks out with me basically. Um, and so, 
Japan's got. What is a few. wrong with your town? I know, Mon- I know. We, we're just like mermaids. tricking each other. We had mermaid skeletons in our in our. Not much to do in Hartley Pool, is there? No. <laughs> so it, it was a thing that was It was that and like a furry fish that someone made this fish that was covered in fur. So they'd sort of grafted a lot of fur from an animal onto the side of a fish, and they basically said, "Look, I've caught like a furry salmon or a furry skate or a furry whatever." <laughs> and 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 so what? this furry fish and this mermaid skeleton was a thing that always enchanted me and confused me when I was a kid but <laughs> scientists Bloody in Japan hell. scientists in Japan have finally got their hands on the Japanese mermaid mummy a mermaid mummy kept at a temple oh, God. has been an object of worship the stuff of nightmares and the source of mystery for hundreds of years now for the first time a project has started to scientifically analyse the mummified creature which has the upper body of a human and the uh, lower body of a fish the Kurashiki uh, Kurashiki uh, University of Science and the Arts uh, plan to announce their findings around autumn but this this dried mermaid uh, in a box apparently was caught in a fishing net on the coast of uh, uh, Kochi uh, prefecture uh, between 1736 and 1741 and a Kojima family in uh, Bingo Fukuyama uh, province bought the mummy before it was passed on to the owners after the turn of the Meiji era uh, in 1912 and then it just ended up at a temple but it's been put on display in a glass glass case for 40 years, and now it's kept in a fireproof safe to uh, prevent uh, deterioration. Uh, and a university uh, of science and arts have got their hands on this uh, dirty old mermaid mummy, and they're analysing the relic to see see what like how it kind of came about, how it got put together, what the constituent parts were. Because at the end of the day, like you know, looking at the mermaid. We're looking at like either a child's corpse or a or a, or a young woman's corpse, I suppose, in 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 the museum in Hartlepool. And so, like at some point, that would have been a human, you know, a human person. Mm. And what a terrible fate to befall you! You you die, and you end up just you know being turned into a, a curiosity, a merm like a mermaid, effectively, and gets put on the wall in the underwhelming halls of the Hartlepool Museum <laughs> for a young Pete it Donaldson looks- to look at it. It looks really kind of well. It looks very bizarre. Yeah, it's uh, it's the size of like a baby. Yeah, uh, with the head of a human, the uh, the hands of a human, the upper torso of a human, but the lower half is just a fish tail. Mm. And it, you know, I I this is really kind of creepy. Just type <laughs> if you're listening. Just type in like uh, I typed in like Japan mermaid mummy mm. and yeah. some pretty graphic and bizarre photos have like mm. come up this isn't the only one i've seen there's a few of these they've got mm. there's an like I, I tried to go on on journey across japan too we went to um we passed around that fuji area and there's a temple that had something very similar to this another one yeah um and we tried to go and get it and get access but we just could get not it. find <laughs> whoever like run the temple didn't have a phone number we couldn't like get permission to get in there yeah uh, unfortunately but like there's a lot of this sort of yokai stuff going on in Japan this this is one of the more like credible looking things yeah. I mean part of me thinks is is it just a, a like a in the same way like a doll a toy doll mm. or whatever yeah is it just that? Is it like a fake thing? I mean, it, the, it, it, it doesn't it look like, like a skeleton. It looks like a mummy, right? An it does. Mummy. Do you not think it looks quite full of face compared to a lot of mummies that you see? Because they're, they're always so <laughs> like they. It doesn't look chunky. I mean, it's tiny. This thing. It's like the size of a bit. You know, it's at best. It's the it's the skeleton of a baby. Unfortunately, it's uh, it's a very Where sad did the tail story. Come from? 
baby fish. I don't know, like, well, relatively large fish, you'd imagine. How did they put it together? How did they stitch it together? How did they glue it together? It's all amazing, really. It's, it's all really amazing stuff, has to be said. Fantastic. I mean, at least, I mean, it, the only thing that adds credibility to this, I guess, is that mm. there's actually a, a professor at a university specialising yeah. in paleontology yeah. who's looking at the morphology analysis mm. and actually taking it seriously. So obviously... <laughs> It, there must be some... It must have been a living organism at some point. It's yeah. not like a fake thing that's been made. Mm. Um, but he's going to examine the antiseptic treatment of the well-preserved mummy. He's going to dig a bit deeper. But yeah. 300 years old, caught in a fishing net in the 1700s. Could it be a real-life mummy? I'm not going to hold my hopes up. <laughs> I think I think something rather more sinister happened here, yeah. involving a baby uh, <laughs> and someone with a very poor taste in... Stitching things together. Mm. I don't know. I don't. I don't. What's your theory? What's your theory? They've just um, some maniac has just went. I can make a bit of money out of this, and found a baby, <laughs> found a fish. Yeah, like that pineapple pen man in Japan. <laughs> he's like the seventeenth, oh, century oh. version of the pineapple pen man. That's basically what he's doing: putting something together, making something new. Fantastic. It is. It, it's genuinely the only explanation I can find of. Well, either that, <laughs> that sort of very gory, very dismal. Uh, perspective, <laughs> or there's or mermaids are real. Um, yeah, and if you like the Little Mermaid, you know, as I do, great film, fantastic film. <laughs> yeah, it could be a, an exciting day indeed, but probably the probably the former and not the latter. Mm. We'll be back with the fax machine. Your comments, stories, and questions, guys, in just a moment. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week from our listeners, Mr. Dawson? We got a message from got? Heather from Athens. Uh, is that uh, Georgia? Yes, Georgia. I'm right from Athens, Georgia in the USA, not the better Athens in Greece. Don't put your Athens down, Heather. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Pete, I think you mentioned visiting a lander at one point. Did you have a good time? I did have a good time. It was a lot of fun. Um, I rocked around the bars and night spots of Atlanta for three or four days. Um, but I got a Martin Luther King's house. That without that is, I think so. Um, and um, wore a three-piece suit that was way too warm for the temperature. Uh, I'm actually writing to see if Chris has any future plans to visit a country outside of the obvious trip back home to England. Is there a country with more lax COVID restrictions than that you've been eyeing for a trip once Japan relaxes a little? It would be brilliant seeing you and Natsuki experience the Southern USA. Heather from Athens, uh, Georgia. I'd love to see Natsuki in Texas. Cowboy boots, Stetson. A fake gun, 
probably not a great idea, but you know, I could just imagine. <laughs> oh wow, that'll be amazing. I'll come God. with you. I, 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 you know, I'd love to do that. Natsuki, Natsuki and I have been talking for years about going to the US. And, yeah. Uh, I think if it does happen, it'd be more likely next year than this one, just because right. by next year, hopefully, the COVID thing will have finally <laughs> been swept under a rug. But mm. uh, yeah, no, I, I'd love to go. I honestly would. Um, in the meantime. The country I want to visit the most in Asia is probably Taiwan. I want to say revisit. I want to go and have another wa- a wander around Taipei. And uh, I want to go to Spain for a holiday. Mm. It sounds very British, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Spain, oh, drink some beer, sit on the beach. <laughs> but I just want to sit on a beach. I do want to do it. Yeah. I want to go back to the town that I went to as a kid in Spain and feel nostalgic and mm. feel a sense of pride. Mm. Walk along the, the, the fucking beach and be like, wow, look how far I've come. <laughs> Get a suntan. <laughs> And burn my face. Uh, we've got one here from Heather who says, Hiya, Chris and Pete. I'm right. Yeah, hang on. You've, that's the one you just read out. You skipped over a question. Oh, it looks this? like I did. Sorry, guys. Sorry. You, you, it's supposed you, to be a you top radio DJ. Roll it back to Tyler's oh, question, then, please. All right, Tyler. We've got one here from Tyler. Good day, Chris and Pete. Uh, Chris, the director, and Pete, the enthusiast. I'm Tyler, reaching out from the state of Maine in the US. I've been talking, I've been taking Japanese courses within my university and I'll be studying at Hirosaki University spring of 2023. Recently, I was doing an online partnership course with Japanese students trying to learn English. Uh, Talking about music, I mentioned that I love Billy Joel. While most students didn't know who he was, their professor, Noro Sensei, did. In fact, he was ecstatic. Before moving moving forward, he interrupted and said, Excuse me, Tyler-san, I'm so sorry in advance. I do not want to offend you or make you feel uncomfortable. So please, I apologise, but <laughs> I'm just curious. What got you into listening to Billy Joel? <laughs> Again, it is a little too personal of a question, so if you don't want to answer, you don't have to. Now, in American standards, that was far from a personal question, yet in Nordor Sensei's view, it was too personal. So now I'm lost. Is it actually an aspect of the culture to avoid personal questions? Kind regards, Tyler. That question, it kind of got weird at the, the second half. I was expecting like a an interesting story about how Tyler likes Billy Joel or some sort of like explanation <laughs> um, as opposed to... I, I, I don't know why that would be personal. I think just a very polite mm. Japanese professor is the answer to that one. I don't think there's any more to it. You know, people can be over polite in Japan mm. and um, and whatnot, but that's, that's... I won't worry. Don't worry. Do you hide your Asking love people for if you the like piano Billy Joel. man under a bushel, Chris? Is that what you get up to? <laughs> it's too personal. Yeah. It's too personal, Pete. Don't ask such yeah. questions. But no, don't worry. There's nothing personal about that. That's that's one of the, the most no. least personal questions you have to worry about. <laughs> uh, we've got one here from Nicholas. Where's Hirosaki? Do you know where that is? I don't I can't actually, remember no. where that is. No. All through reading that question, all I could think about was where the devil's Hirosaki. I'll let you read out the next question while all I right. find out. You find I want out. To know. Uh, this know. one comes from Nicholas from Seattle, Washington, USA. Dear charitable Chris and philanthropist Pete, we have all heard people asking about tattoos and what to do, but what about body and facial piercings? I have a not so noble amount of metal bits in my face, and I'm curious on how the perception is on body modifications. Will the locals not bat an eye? Or will they be thinking, am I cosplaying as a fisherman's tackle box? <laughs> Smashing stuff. Many people with their piercings in their face and stuff, flesh tunnels, trinkets, this and that, hanging off their features, Chris. 
It's rare, isn't it? It, it is, is rare. pretty rare. I've forgotten rare. what face piercings look like. We talked about it the other week, week yeah. where you had like a tongue piercing, right? Mm, exactly. And I was clack, clack, clack. weirded out by that. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> that to me. Ears yeah. fine. I know Joey, the anime man, got his ears pierced recently. Mm. That fits his cool persona, though, doesn't it? I'm not cool enough for that. But I know that if you have a piercing, it can be difficult to get a job in Japan. Uh, so work-wise, probably avoid piercings if you want to have a job in Japan mm. but as a you know coming here as a tourist I wouldn't worry you'd probably get a few stares a few people might look here and there yeah because it is a rare sight but uh, children yeah especially. I don't think people look down on it there'll, there'll be a, an air of curiosity mm. you'll be treated like a, a wonderful foreign object yeah you'll be like wow look at his pierced face don't worry about it but uh I looked up Hirosaki, by the way. It's in Aomori. I don't know how I forgot that. Yeah, like you should know city that in Aomori. What idiot. <laughs> what God an idiot. I love Hirosaki. Come on. It's a great Get place to study. Yeah. Well done, Tyler. <laughs> Good apples. Yeah. Some of the best cider in Japan there. You've picked the right place. Well done, Tyler. <laughs> don't drink too much. Keep the stories, questions, comments coming in to abroadinjapanpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back later in the week still all over again. But for now, guys, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great week. And we'll see you right back here. Do it all over again on the Abroad Japan Podcast. Bye for now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com